Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, interestingly enough, we have four old or older lady stories, and more specifically, um, old lady parts. <laughs> we also have a love is in the air story and uh, two stories about some crazy Russians. Let's get on with the show. So I was working a flight, and one of the flight attendants was pretty darn senior. She had been flying about 45 years. So, you know, she's got to be at least 65. And actually, I think she's probably older than that. But, you know, we have a lot of older flight attendants that are very with it and everything. So, you know, you can't judge people just by their age. But we also have some odd ducks, you know, it's just weird people. <laughs> Sometimes you forget that we have some strange people, you know, because you'll, you'll be with a whole bunch of crews that are all just, you know, normal. And then on this flight, this woman who'd been flying 45 years, uh, they were down in crew rest. And we had this young straight guy was down there along with another flight attendant. And um, when they, they call us, you know, we had to come back up, you know, go back to work. They're, you know, they're they're cleaning up, getting ready to come back up, and this older flight attendant, the one that's been flying forty five years, <laughs> comes off the top bunk, okay, and she has taken her skirt off. Some people do that so they don't get wrinkled. And she has pantyhose on with no underwear. This woman's almost seventy years old, and there's this young straight male flight attendant who's in the lower bunk. So when she is coming off the top bunk, he is literally like his face is inches from her, you know, her private parts. <laughs> and she says to him, are we the only ones down here? And he goes, no, <laughs> could have been like the road runner wanting to run out of there. He goes, no, we're not the only ones down here. She's down here. So it points to another flight. To it. And then they came up and then he was, they were telling him like, oh my gosh, she, she had her skirt off and she had pantyhose on with no underwear. And this young male flight attendant goes, man, that was some old, I'm not going to use the word he used, but I'll say lady parts. <laughs> man, that was some old lady parts. 
Hi Betty, this is John from Sydney, Australia, and I wanted to tell you a story about a recent flight I took. I was going from Canberra to Sydney here in Australia, and Canberra is the capital city of Australia, and we were flying on an ATR-72, which is a propeller plane that's a bit strange because passengers get on through a rear door and the cargo hold is up the front. And at the very front of the passenger section, there is the emergency exit, so rather than being over the wing, it's uh, out of the front of the plane. And the stewardess was giving the safety demonstration to the people sitting in that row, and she explained how to open the door and she said so do you all understand but don't open it yet and it turned out that uh, not that long ago she had given the safety demonstration and had explained to the people how to open the door and she said so do you all understand that now and the guy said yes I open it like this and he actually reached over and opened the emergency door and the stewardess almost died because they have so much trouble when this happens. They had to get the engineering people in to refit the door. They had to undergo pressurization tests. And it was a day and a half before they could leave again. So now, whenever she gives the safety demonstrations, she says, So, do you understand it? But don't open it yet! So I was working business class and we're on the ground and, you know, um, the caterers come on and make sure we have everything we need. And I had been looking around and, you know, we did not have a wine opener or we had these little things. Um, they cut the foil off so it's like a nice cut instead of us just like ripping it off and there's pieces of foil, which doesn't look very classy. Uh, I guess I don't know the name of them. I don't know. Maybe you'd call it a foil cutter. I don't know. But we affectionately call it a uh, circumciser. <laughs> and that's just what we call it. You know, it's just this little plastic thing that has, and you, you use it and it cuts the foil off the top of the wine bottle. So, you know, the caterer lady was there and I was like, yeah, we need, um, you know, a wine opener and a circumciser. And she's like, a what? And I'm like, you know, it's a little thing, the plastic thing. And she's like, she's got her walkie talkie. She has to call into the office and she's like, uh, yeah, we need a wine opener and a uh, circumciser. And the guy's like, what? A circumciser? A what? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. They call it a circumciser. It's a plastic thing. <laughs> the guy's like, a what? <laughs> you know, a circumciser. I'm in love okay, so some, something else happened? Oh, my gosh. I was flying with my wife. She's a flight attendant as well. We're flying. And we're doing this trip Atlanta, Miami. First of all, Miami is just, that's a whole, you can have, a pet cost just talking about Miami anyway so we're boarding and everything and this lady gets in and she passes me in the aisle and I'm just like I made a mental note that she seemed crazy yeah well she gets back to the back of the plane where my wife's working and all of a sudden my wife comes up to me and says this lady is whacked and we need her off the flight I'm like well what's wrong with her well she seems either on drugs or drunk or something but she's a freak and we need her off the plane so I went, well, let me go assess the situation before we get the captain involved or decide what it. So I go back, and of course, I'm a guy, and my wife's this sweet little darling, little angelic, and this lady just ran right over her. Well, I went up to her, I said, lady, what's going on? Oh, is there a problem? And she just seemed totally per not fine for me, right? Note to self, when one crew member thinks they're a freak, we should all <laughs> say the freak. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we're at the 30,000 feet now, and this lady goes crazy. Oh, my gosh. So she gets up, and... She's at her seat and she takes off her bra. And let me describe her first. She's like 65, yeah. huge droopy, droopy boobs. What did you call them? Droopy boobs. I thought you said juby. I'm like, I don't no, know what droopy, that is. Droopy, you know, big droopy <laughs> boobs. Anyway, so she removes her bra at her seat and she's wearing kind of like a tank top kind of a thing. So she takes her bra off and then she gets up, seatbelt signs on and everything. 
gets up and starts going, and this is an MG88, so the two little lavatories are at the back of the plane, right by the, where Flight Attendant yeah. Jumpsuit is. So she's trying to, and she's swinging her bra oh in the God. air, going, I'm going to go in the lab and smoke a joint and throw back some tequila shots. <laughs> Wait, say yeah. that again. What was she saying? Yeah, she's going down the aisle, swinging her greasy bra through, you know, waving in the aisle. It's hitting people in the head as, as she's walking down the aisle. And she's like, I'm going back to the lab to smoke a joint and throw back some tequila shots. <laughs> Brawless. <laughs> Brawless. So she goes in the lab. And she's in there for a while, and I hear all this banging and whatever. I didn't smell any marijuana, but anyway, and I didn't hear any tequila shots. Then she comes back, bra is now back in, on and in intact. So she goes back to her seat, and I kid you not, we're giving her 20 minutes more, and here she goes again. The bra comes off, and that scenario just repeated itself. It was insane. She's a girl of my So, you know, one of the things that we do, one of the big parts of our job is when everybody's getting off the plane, we have to say goodbye. So lots of times we try to, you know, spruce it up. So I'll say bye, bye now, have a good day. Thank you, bye, bye now, have a good day. You know, you kind of put some other things in so you're not saying goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. You know, <laughs> well, I, I was not at the boarding door. I was just at my jump seat at the three doors and the, the passengers are getting off and this one passenger goes, ta. And I was thinking, is that is that a word for goodbye? Can I stand at the boarding door? Because it would be less work, you know, just to go ta, 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 ta. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I don't know how well that's going to go over. Ta. But we got a little problem. She's living in the jet stream. Okay, so something happened? <laughs> yes. Okay, back in the day. I was flying with my girlfriend, and it was her 50th uh, birthday. So there was a bunch of us flying together to celebrate her birthday. And on the way back from Madrid. Yeah. It's funny, we got the baby crying. It's like a true airplane experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on the way back, there was a couple that met at the gatehouse. Oh, oh yeah. And it was full. Yeah. And um, she was... We had a bunch of missionaries coming back, Mormon oh, yeah. missionaries. So that's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all sitting in the middle, you know, in the middle of the aircraft. I love the missionaries. They're so well-behaved. Oh, I know. They're like the best passengers. Well, they, these two made up for the rest of them. I remember this day like the day I had my, my kids were born. This couple sat in 37A and B. You remember the, the seats? 37A and B. <laughs> Maria, it was her first coordinator trip. It was her 50th birthday, was working up front. This couple were at it from the time we took off, and you couldn't get them to stop. He would uh, get down on his le- hands and knees, and he would throw the blanket over his head, and he would just go to town. And she was much older. She looked like Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> and he probably, I would say he was probably a good 15 yeah. years younger than her, maybe more. What were the missionaries doing? They were in shock. <laughs> anyway, we kept trying to get them to stop and they wouldn't stop. It's crazy. I know. And I finally called Maria back, and I said, Maria, I said, get your butt back here and try and get these two people to stop. So she went back, and 
the guy is down on his hands and knees and he's got the blanket over his head and she touches him on the shoulders like this. Oh my god. He comes up, pulls the blanket up over his head and says yes. <laughs> and I'm going to say like the other one, that's some old lady parts. Yes. <laughs> old lady parts. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so after she she poked him on the shoulder, yeah. and he said yes. Well, they stopped for about 20 minutes, and then they proceeded to go to the bathroom, and there was a line for going to the bathroom, and I had to, you know, knock on the door, and he has a toothbrush in his hand. He says, we're just brushing our teeth, and I said, get out. So they got out. We're just brushing our teeth. Right. And after his probing hands and tongue, he proceeded to come into the galley and stick his hands in my bag of grapes and pull out grapes. I mean, he just, it wouldn't stop between the two of them, the whole flight. So, uh, one of the uh, Mormon missionaries' parents came in and said that she was writing up the crew because we weren't doing enough to stop them. But what are you supposed to do? Use uh, zip ties or something? That's what I said. So I I got really angry at the woman, and so I had a little mini temper tantrum. And I went out into the aisle, and by this time, we were into our last service. Uh, And we were about 45 minutes from landing. And I went out... I had a temper tantrum in front of them and told them, you know, I am so over this. If I had my children on board, I would do everything in my power to sue you. So we're going to have you arrested when we get to Atlanta because you are not abiding by any regulations and we're over it. And of course, this was prior to 9-11. So as soon as we landed in Atlanta, he took off running. And... The red coat had her took outside. Yes, they they were going to arrest her. I think it's funny he took off running. He took <laughs> off running. Yeah, because he had to go home to his wife, and he didn't want her to find out. <laughs> comes from a listener named Stefan, and he wrote, I've been traveling in Europe for three months and have a great love in the air story. It's the beginning of July, and a friend and I are leaving Barcelona for the island of Ibiza. I'm in the aisle seat waiting for takeoff, and the most gorgeous girls walk down the aisle, and eye contact was made. Me, being the romantic 21-year-old, my head starts spinning. So I walk up to the flight attendant and ask to switch seats, explaining her the grave situation. I am not sitting next to the most beautiful girl on the plane. (laughs) At that moment, (laughs) she laughs and tells me, if you have enough courage to tell me that, then my darling, I will help you in any way I can. Turns out the girl was in the middle seat, five rows behind me, and the flight attendant places me in the aisle seat next to her. The girl, Olivia, turns out, she turns to me and asks why it took me that long to come to talk to her. We talk on the flight, which was only 40 minutes, and now the question becomes, what will happen? Well, we fell in love. 
So I ask her about her summer plans, and she says she is traveling across Europe for business and a little bit of vacation, but in total, she's here for two months, and that happens that I am too. She's going from Ibiza to Paris, London, Rome, Milan, Capri, and Mykonos. And since my summer trip was spontaneous, I told her I would meet her in each of the cities, and thankfully, I was able to do so. We spent the whole summer together at amazing cities around Europe and are currently vacationing on Mykonos. It's been an amazing time, and all thanks to that wonderful flight attendant who made it all happen. Thanks, Stefan. I love that story. This next story was sent to me by a nice listener named George, and it is a video about uh, Penny is forced to work economy. (laughs) If you want to see that uh, video, and I think there's quite a few other ones that are like that, I'll have it on my website. On this great British air flight to Florida, economy is packed, but first class is deserted. It was going to be a quiet day anyway. We only had two passengers booked into first class, and the passengers in question have just cancelled, which is a dreadful shame. Hi, Penny. Did you get the message? Yeah, such a pity they cancelled. No, 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 no. The message about helping us out in economy? Piss off! Penny hasn't had to work in economy for 20 years, but today she has no choice. When you draw back the curtain, uh, the first thing that really hits you is the stench. And it's the stench of the working man. I mean, they're virtually like apes, you know? So if you you come at them with some food, they start attacking you. Hot towel? Hot towel? Hot towel? I'm all right, thanks. No, you should take a hot towel. I I don't want it. No, you need to take it. I told you no. Right. for this episode was sent to me by a nice listener named Jay, and uh, the song is called Fly Betty Fly, so of course I uh, couldn't resist that. If you'd like to get more information about Jay, his website is www.dover41.com. And also I would like to thank all of you who, when you were going to buy something on Amazon, decided to be so nice as to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, and click through the Amazon links. This way, you don't have to pay anymore, but it supports the show, and it uh, shows a lot of goodwill. I love to, I love, I can't see any names of who buys what, but I get to see what people buy, and there's always interesting things. So this month, people bought bow ties, neon safety vests, a child airplane travel harness, and someone after my own heart bought the Lonely Planet, India, which is one of my favorite travel guides. So hope you have a great time in India, whoever you are. And thank you so much for going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, if you're going to buy something on Amazon. Did you say a friend of yours was on an airline from another country? Yes, Aeroflant. That's the national flag carrier for Russia. How was that? Um, it, well, of course, it's not me. I'm just hearing the story yeah. third hand. But it was, he said it was an interesting experience, especially being a flight attendant. He walks on board, and as he boarded the aircraft, the flight attendants uh, working the flight were in the galley with their backs to the boarding door, but the passengers came on while they were smoking. Oh, they were smoking. Smoking. <laughs> smoking during the boarding, you know, just chatting up uh, where their layover was or whatever. 
And he gets on the plane, and it's just like mass hysteria. I mean, everyone's, it's a free-for-all. People were, no one was in the aisle. Anyway, he sits down in his seat, and like, they get, they close the door, and they push back. And like all the overhead bins are still open. They're still up in the galley smoking. And we're so you know concerned about all the rules, <laughs> and they just got all the bins open. Oh my gosh! Kids were playing jacks in the middle of the aisle, having sitting on the floor playing games and stuff. And then they just start texting. Well, my friend, the flight attendant, he goes, "Well, I don't want all these bags to fall on me." So he kind of jumped up and started closing bins right. around his little seated area, so these bags didn't come flying out. And then he says, "I guess right when the." pilot says we're going to take off then they made sure all the bins were down but they didn't you know kids were running around oh during takeoff i mean it was hysterical well you know it's funny with the smoking because i was around when we had smoking and yeah oh. i know you weren't, weren't around here no, then. this couldn't. was crazy because it's so different than today flight attendants would sit with their cigarette ready to go on the jump seat waiting for the no smoking sign to get off and they would light it up and smoke on the jump seat while you're sitting next to and it. that was legal it was legal it's crazy what do you think really? about it today you know we have a fit if anybody smokes and here the flight attendants <laughs> used to smoke on the jump seat Did, would they be in the galley fixing food yeah the, the galley girl was always a smoker <laughs> <laughs> eggs for breakfast have a way of listening in on our phone conversations, you know, on the airplane interphone, like if we're calling each other. I would say most of the time they don't listen. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they listen because they know what's going on in the back. I don't know. But anyway, the pilots have a way to listen in on our interphone conversations. So on this one flight, the the flight attendant at three left calls back to the flight attendant at uh, four left and says, um, she was saying something, you know, can you get me you know, a special meal. And then she goes, you know, I heard that the uh, captain's a real ass. And the, the girl at four, four goes, uh, really? How do you know that? And she goes, the co-pilot told me. <laughs> this is a flight. Uh, so, and we had a line who um, tried to change Russian culture. Tried to change what? Russian culture. So Russian passengers, yeah. they love to drink, right? Right, and they like to try to change them, and like they like to behave weird. Yeah, and each time he yeah. he tried to he, he was landing airplanes. <laughs> All the time we didn't want to fly with him because he was keep landing airplanes yeah. and to diverting, give, diverting to and give drunk uh, pass, yeah. Russian passengers out. And what you're saying is that, that they're yes, just uh, they get drunk and that's get just drunk time. and not only that. Yes, yeah, so this is story. So, <clears throat> meal is over. Coach, yeah. Russian passenger finished his food, finished his a few his little minis <laughs> bottles, and he's in very good mood. Yeah. So, in a um, very cute uh, American flight attendant um, passing by him, and he just very nicely touched her butt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stroke her butt. She walked immediately to a line. It was his, this guy, so and complained. He uh, grabbed the phone, explained, uh, tell the story to Captain. Captain didn't think long. He said, "How?" <clears throat> in English, twist his hands. Oh yeah. Oh, put him in the handcuffs. Yes, put him in handcuffs. It was possible. It was joke, but because he really wanted to change Russian people, he took it seriously. He found two uh, nice-looking, oh. uh, strong-looking man. So we. Way, uh, you way. handcuffed him? Yeah, and it was fight. And during this fight, the guy had a stroke. 
and they landed in Canada uh, with medical emergency. All because he touched somebody's butt. <laughs> That's it. Was he all right? I don't know what's happened with him because we took him out of our wow. But he had a stroke because of the fight, do they? Stroke, a heart attack, whatever. Something oh happened. Gosh. He didn't die. <laughs> but but that was a big consequence for uh, stroking somebody's tuchus. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. But uh, this airline was doing it all the so time. So basically what you're saying is you can't change the rushes. No, we as Russian speakers know that yes. just let us to talk to them. Yes. That's right. it. You don't need to deviate the airplane and yes. land it each right. time. Then somebody said rude word yeah. or drank too much or threw up on the passenger that sit right. in front of him. Because it's normal. <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> so I was working business class the other day on the way to Amsterdam, and there were these people, and, you know, they had their... Banana Republic-looking safari jacket. So I always ask, because, you know, I'm always curious. I'm happy for people. I'm like, are you going on safari? They're like, oh, yes, we're, you know, we're going to the Serengeti for two weeks. And I'm always so thrilled for them, because I think that's, you know, one of the best trips you can go on. And I usually just make small talk in the aisle. And I said, oh, you know, do you have a nice camera? Because, you know, I went on safari, and I had been so concerned about, you know, what to wear and booking it. And I thought it was, you know, expensive and um, you had to get visas and all that stuff. But for some reason, stupid, stupid me, hadn't really thought about my camera. I just have a normal camera, a little camera, you know. <laughs> so we get out on the safari truck, <laughs> the 4 by 4 with the other people on the safari, and everyone takes out these big cameras with these big zooms, big professional-looking things, and I'm looking at mine, my little ones again. Oh. Oh. Huh. <laughs> I guess I should I should have spent some money on a, on a bigger camera if I was going on safari, because I basically have camera envy. And uh, these passengers were like, oh, no. And then she pulled out her camera, and I'm like, yeah. She had a nice, big, big zoom. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what you're supposed to have when you go on safari. But I don't got the nerve. I'm inclined for every rarefied You work for Pan Am. It's my very favorite, and I love any Pan Am story. Okay. Let's see. We had a flight attendant named Zoe. Anyway, she was bringing the, the engineer, the, the third officer yeah. there, his meal and they sit sideways well he didn't see her coming in the door and he as he turned around he elbowed her in the boob and um, he he very quickly said you know Zoe if your heart was as soft as your boob you'd have a lot more friends <laughs> and she came right back with you know what if your prick was as hard as your elbow I'd be one of them <laughs> This is another funny airline video that I just found the link when I was watching the Penny Has to Work Coach. <laughs> I saw these other ones called um, Air Africans, and there's quite a few of those, and some of them are really cute. Enjoy your flight. Hippie. We hope you enjoy your flight. Lesbian. We hope you enjoy your flight. Betty. We hope you enjoy your flight. Oh, no. We hope you enjoy your flight. Gaylord. We hope you enjoy your flight. Hatchback. We hope you... So another flight attendant told me this. She said there was a man and he needed a 
He had a brain tumor and he needed a brain transplant and he didn't have insurance. So he was, you know, at the doctor and the doctor was saying, well, you know, it is very expensive. And he was saying, you know, I don't have insurance. He goes, well, you know, you need this brain transplant and we have a cardiac surgeon, his brain, um, it costs about $100,000. And the guy was saying, oh, $100,000. So she says, well, we also have this Nobel Peace Prize winner, and his brain is $200,000. And he's like, oh, $200,000. She goes, well, you know, we do have this flight attendant brain, but it's $300,000. And she goes, well, you know, I understand the cardiac surgeon being $100,000 and the Nobel Peace Prize winner being $200,000. But why on earth is the flight attendant's brain why does that cost $300,000? And they go, oh, never been used. I gotta move my feet, take my seat. So we're, we're talking about uh, old ladies today. Yeah, so this old lady, um, we're boarding the plane in Atlanta, and it was kind of a little remote gate where we knew that that was our gatehouse. Well, the agent comes down and has this big woman's coat, has a furry collar on it. You know, at Christmas time, they have a Christmas tree brooch on the furry yeah. coat, right? So we know that one of our valued guests on the plane had left it in the gatehouse. So I make a PA from the front of the plane. I said, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, I mean, this is your coat. Please identify it so we can get it to you, right? No answer, no response. And I'm like, it's someone on this plane. So I had the flight attendant. I said, put this around your shoulder and walk up and down the aisle, front and back like Carol Merrill. And then um, let's get rid of this coat. So while she's doing that, I'm making a PA. Ladies and gentlemen, Carol Merrill is coming through the cabin with your coat on. Please make a note of it and grab it from her as she walks by. Well, anyway, she runs, flight attendant goes through the back of the plane and comes back, no response. So we give it back to the agent and closing the door. I said, I guarantee it, 30,000 feet. Someone's going to go, ding, the flight attendant bell. Um, I left my coat, what do I do? I kid you not, 30,000 feet, ding. We go to the lady, can I help you? Um, I left my coat. I go, did it have a, a long brown coat with a furry collar and a little Christmas tree brooch? Yes, how did you know? Well, didn't you see that going up and down the aisle? I'm making a million. It's just modeling it up and down the aisle. Where were you? Oh, there you go. Freak. Freak. So I can't see where lovely Betty is I was on a layover in Amsterdam, and uh, sometimes when I'm there, not every time, but sometimes I go to this, they have a big casino there in Amsterdam, and it's fun. They have all kind of fun games. And, uh, they have this one game, it's Michael Jackson, slot machine. And the thing that's kind of fun about that is, you know, if you get the bonus, you know, Michael sings and dances. And the thing that's fun is in the chair, uh, right by your head, there's speakers and they have like surround sound. And, and it is kind of loud, but it's kind of fun. It gets you into the music, you know. But most chairs in a casino don't have surround sound by your head, you know, loud speakers. So I'm sitting there. One Michael Jackson slot machine. And there's this old woman with a walker. I mean, she was hair thinning. I mean, she was pretty old. And uh, I don't think she'd ever sat at this Michael Jackson slot machine before. And so she hit the bonus. So all of a sudden, it's like, beat it, beat it, <laughs> coming out. <laughs> it's around sound. And I see this woman, she's like, <gasps> and I was thinking, oh, she's so excited because she's winning the bonus. But then she was like, <gasps> And I was like, look at her going, the surround sound had scared her so bad that her teeth had fallen out. <laughs> I know, 
I, I know I shouldn't have been laughing, but it was so funny. And I was thinking, you know, it's Michael Jackson thriller, but you know, that, that, that slot machine could be a killer. I'll zip around the Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Ta! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.